my name is Julie Turney, and this is the HR Sound Off Podcast Show, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent topics and trends as it relates to our professions. We're going to have amazing conversations with HR professionals from all over the world, get to learn their origin stories. How did they get into this profession? What do they love about being here? And how they want to set the record straight on that one misconception that really drives them crazy about our profession. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then let's sound off. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the HR Sound Off Podcast Show. My name is Julie Turney and I am your host. How are you doing today? If I sound a little bubblier than usual, it's because I just had a really great conversation with my guest before we got started. And we started, we talked about Marvel. You know, if, if anyone knows me, you know I'm a huge Marvel fan. It makes me very happy to talk about stuff, all things Marvel. So that's why I'm smiling. If you can feel my smile. <laughs> now remember, the HR Sound Off podcast show is created by an HR professional for HR professionals, magnifying HR voices. And today I am magnifying the voice of the amazing, equally famous as me, Abba Youssef. Abba, did I say that right? Yeah, <laughs> Hibba. yeah Hibba Youssef. You got it. Julie, come got on. it. Killing How are it. you doing today? I am so happy to be here. Uh, when Julie and I first connected, I was like, "Oh my god, yeah, I'm I'm in awe" because like I literally think you're a celebrity on LinkedIn, oh and god. I love your content. Like I just Thank you. It, you always just say the thing everyone else is thinking too, and I'm like, "Yes, Julie, come on, we need this more." Thank you so much for your support. I really do appreciate it, and I am equally just as much a fan of your content as well. So, Hiba, you are the creator of one of my favorite blogs. I hate it here. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you hate it here? I hope not. Like, it's I, don't I don't hate it here, but I know I could think of many organizations that I worked in in the past. I was like, I hate it here. Yeah. And so it's so relatable to me. Um, but I want you to start off by, before we get into any of that, but I feel this is going to yeah. be such a great conversation. But before I get, we get into any of that, just could you tell our audience a little bit about who is, who is Hiba Youssef? Yeah. And tell us a little bit about your HR story. How did you get here? My origin story is because I also read comics. So I think That's about origin right. stories quite Give a bit. Origin Every, story. Everyone <laughs> has their origin story. You know, I never thought, honestly, I never thought I'd work in HR. I feel mm -hmm. like that's like a very common thing where you're like, HR, no, not for me. Uh, mm -hmm. But I went to go work with one of my old mentors and he put me on an HR project and eventually the role grew into a fully HR role. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up saying like, wow, I really love this. So I started in like global learning and development. I moved over to like another company where I ran all of talent management. And mm -hmm. from there, like I blended that all and was like the head of people. And now I'm the chief people officer at Workweek. And really my like bread and butter is like early stage startups. Yeah, I like love the madness and the chaos that comes with an early stage startup. Mm -hmm. So that's like been most of my HR career. I've worked at like one global company of like a thousand, two thousand plus, but most right. of my work has been done at early stage startups because I think mm -hmm. there's so much opportunity there. Yeah. And so I, I got into HR by not wanting to be in HR. Right. But you're here nonetheless. And we're so glad that it. you are here. And just like your name means and shines you truly are a blessing to the hr space yeah so, from god baby for allowing hr to choose you Aww. oh my god please don't make me cry it's like <laughs> oh, no, come on come <laughs> on no we're not doing I have that no today. feelings not. <laughs> That's right. game face game face <laughs> <Here>. i'm ready <laughs> 
so so I love um, that you love being in startups because yeah. sometimes I know there are some of us in the HR space that think we can handle startups, but there's a different set of pressure and challenges that come with being in a startup space as an HR professional. And also I find that it's one of those spaces, especially if you're in like a tech company where you're usually working with a lot of people who don't quite understand the HR function and what mm -hmm. you really bring to the table. And it does come with some very big challenges. So why don't you just explain to our audience as they listen today a little bit about why you love being in the startup space and what are some of the challenges that you faced yeah. and how have you overcome them? Oh man, I love, I like love intense environments that it feels like everything is very fast paced. So I worked in government consulting for one year, and I frequently call that year one of the worst years of my life because mm -hmm. it was very slow. Yeah. It's like a 10 to 4, like nothing really finished on time. Everything took a long time. And so I think the thing that I love about startups is they're always so rapidly moving. And that mm -hmm. also means like there's a ton of opportunity to enact change and yeah. see the impact faster than mm -hmm. if you were at a bigger organization. Mm -hmm. And so one of the challenges with startups is like at – at different inflection points, they're almost like a, a child becoming a teenager, becoming a grown adult, where you see like the employee count from like 50 to 100 to 150 to 200. It, it changes at each of yeah. those employee counts. And so one of the challenges is how do we then also change our processes and our procedures to, to fit what the culture is at all those different inflection points? Mm -hmm. And so one of the biggest challenges of startups is they're always changing. That's right. But at the flip side mm -hmm. of that is that's a lot of opportunity. Yeah. And that excites me. Like the unknown truly excites me. And and that's what I wake up every day uh, get ready, getting ready for work. Like what am I going to encounter today? Mm -hmm. It's never the same. Every day it, is different. That's right. Every day in HR is different. But every day in HR in a startup is different on speed. Yeah. Like <laughs> Yes. Yes. Like every day is like a fully caffeinated day. Like yes. even days where it's slow, I'm like, is this real right now? When's the other shoe going to drop? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> it's always fun. I like the excitement. Yeah. So what advice would you have for anyone who is looking to get into HR in the startup space? Um, yeah. What are some of the things that they should look for um, in an organization if they're looking to really shine and show their talent and their skills as an HR professional? Yeah, this is such a such a hard question because I have a maybe controversial take on it, that if you oh. want to go work at a startup in HR, you have to be aligned like morally with the founders that you are going to work for because mm -hmm. your founders impact a lot of your culture. Mm -hmm. Their DNA is the company's DNA. Yeah. So if you are pursuing HR at a startup, you should really be mindful of who the founders are that you're going to work for. Do they believe in the same things you want? Are mm -hmm. they a remote first employee well-being type of leader or are they an in-office employee benefits come last leader? Mm. Everyone thinks that they're getting one leader that really cares about everything, but the yeah. reality is a lot of founders are figuring out how to make their businesses work, finding product market fit, and sometimes yeah. the employees come second. That's especially when they are like in their seed stage mm -hmm. and they're trying to get money. Oh, yeah. They're definitely they're just thinking about this is what we need this is what we need because we've got the money now but then when the money starts to dry up and it's not going the way they want it to then it's like we need to let these people go 
Yeah. And it's kind of like having that conversation, right? It's literally not for the faint of heart. Like Mm -hmm. it's not for, it's not for people who don't like conflict either. It's the new thing I've been saying, like, don't work in HR if you don't like conflict because Mm -hmm. our very job is to challenge the way everything is being done. And that challenge puts you at the center of sometimes a lot of conflict. Mm -hmm. I love that you said that because I think um, a lot of times people think they get into HR because we love people. We want to create great spaces and really good experiences in our organization. But a lot of times in order to do that, it means you've got to go through some really hard things. Yeah. And liking people, like people will tell you I'm a people person. I make friends easily. I like love people. But at the end of the day, sometimes I'm like, wow, I really hate people because Mm -hmm. the thing that makes people wonderful is they contribute to um, an environment and a community and you get a sense of like inclusion when you're around so many different types of people and like thoughts and perspectives. And then the flip side of that is people are also really challenging sometimes. Yeah. A lot of our behavior at work is like informed from our lived experience. That's it. So like if someone is dealing with trauma, like sometimes that comes into the workplace and can impact Mm -hmm. you and your trauma. Oh, yes. So I think- How we about work. Yeah, we we all know about that. Mm -hmm. It's just, I love people and I hate people. Yeah. Depends on the day. I, I absolutely agree with you because I think sometimes people do the craziest things and they make you wonder, are they really human? Maybe there are <laughs> aliens. Yeah. Maybe there <laughs> are aliens. Honestly, aliens did not surprise me. I was like, I work in HR. Nothing can surprise yeah. me anymore. Mm-hmm. Aliens, I'm here for it. Like, <laughs> what, what's going to surprise me? Literally, employees <laughs> can't surprise me anymore. So you aliens, know? you can't either. <laughs> Zombies, hey, come on. Anything is possible. Sometimes how people show up at work any given day, they could be an alien, they could yeah. be a zombie. You never hey, know. You, you we just, never, we, yeah, we just got to show up and support them the best we can as the HR. The best way we can. The best way we can, Eva. I, I, I'm loving this conversation. I want to say, so I want to ask you, yeah. um, <laughs> I hate all. it here. Yeah. <laughs> what made you start this blog? Oh, it's so funny. Um, I went to work week as a as their chief people officer, but we're a creator led media company. So across B two B, we're a B two B media company. So we have a lot of uh, creators that write directly for the business professionals. We have like a marketing newsletter, a sales newsletter, um, mm-hmm. a healthcare newsletter, and then there's me with I hate it here, which is so funny. But mm-hmm. I went to work week, and they basically said we we love the way you think about HR and talk about it. Would you want to write a newsletter? And I said, I mean. Sure, of course, I'd love to write a newsletter. Mm -hmm. Uh, But part of the reason what drove me to write the newsletter was I felt like I was lacking. I couldn't find a lot of creators out there that like kind of talked about HR with the the realness that I think we do. And I feel like it's changed recently where like more people are talking about HR in a very real way. But I saw this opportunity to just kind of with my personality, like my dry sense of humor and Mm -hmm. like my darkness, I was like, I should write a newsletter and I should call it I hate it here. Mm -hmm. Um, But the reason why is because I I hate it here is like a fear I think every HR person has that their employees feel. Mm -hmm. Our fear is that our employees hate the environments that we are trying to create. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I think a lot of HR people probably hate the environments they work in. Yeah. But they can't say that. 
Mm-hmm. We are not allowed to say openly on a company call, yeah, we hate it here too, mm-hmm. even though we're probably thinking it. Thinking it, yes. All of us are like, it is not easy working in HR, no. but we're constantly looked to to be the people that are like the strongest and the most positive. That's right. And I was like, I don't like that. <laughs> so that's why I started writing the newsletter. Cause I was like, it's not fair to HR people. Like we are also employees that are dealing that's with right. a lot. And a lot of times our employees don't realize that we are not the problem. That's right. We're just the messengers of just the problem the a lot of times. So yeah. I love, I hate it here. <laughs> and I, and I totally agree with you in terms of like, that's part of the reason why I write the content the way that I write it now, yep. because being stuck in a space where you couldn't say a lot of the things that you were thinking of feeling. And I, I think my content changed before I left corporate. I remember having this conversation with one of my managers yeah. uh, who came to me about an employee that he was frustrated about. And he was like, I'm really frustrated with this person. I want to let them go. And I was like, have you told the person that you're frustrated with them? Why are you frustrated with them? The answer was no, I haven't told them. And here's why I'm frustrated with them. And I was like, well, I can't support you on letting this person go because number one, you haven't had a conversation with them. And number two, you need to carry them through a disciplinary process. And he was like throwing toys out of the pram behavior. Yeah. And I sat on it for a couple of days, just thinking about him and this total, his reaction. And it was a start of me writing posts about the things that we go through in HR. And I was like, but, and my post actually was like, HR, I'm not the nanny. These are your people. You're responsible for them. It is my job to help you when you're having challenges to go through those things, but I'm not going to do your job for you. And I'm not going to just fire people at will because you're mad at them. And you've had no conversation with them. That was the start of my content on LinkedIn changing completely. And I remember the day that I posted it because he came into my office and he said, I just saw your LinkedIn post. Was that about me? And I was like, yep, it was about you, my friend. And he laughed so hard. I never called his name, but I said, look how your conscience pricked you Yeah, enough to know that that piece of content I wrote, which never had your name on it, you truly believed it had your name all over it. I love that. The self-awareness that people suddenly, when you start writing your content, people are like, oh my God, it's me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the problem. And you're like, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 What's Taylor to say? It's me. Yeah. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. A hundred percent. That's literally every time I hear that line, I'm like, I, does she work in HR? Does Taylor like, work in HR? She doesn't know. Like, mm-hmm. it's all the people. It is. It's so true. And mm-hmm. I feel I feel bad for HR people sometimes because we get a really bad reputation. We do. We do. And it's and sometimes I just want to shake the employees and be like, it's not me. It's no. not like I can't tell you it's not me, but it's not me. Like you should mm-hmm. know it's not. That's you not know. how it works. And I think a lot of people, I think HR is just like the easiest person to blame. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. My next question to you is what are you enjoying and excited about when it comes to the space of HR right now? What's got you really excited about being here? Because you're still I, here, even though you yeah. hate it here. You're like, <laughs> I actually love it here. I'm not going to lie. 
Um, <laughs> I'm really excited about like the change we can make. That is what fuels I hate it here every single week. It's like, what can I encourage HR people to do that's different than what we've always done? And so seeing the laws and like pay transparency in the states being passed, I'm like, yes, we need more accountability. Your HR yeah. people cannot be the only people accountable for pay equity. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing a lot of the movements happening like with the writer's strike where the writers are speaking out about workplace conditions. I'm like, yes, we need more of that because I feel like we're at a brink in HR right now where the last three years we've all been through it, mm-hmm. going remote in the middle of a pandemic, high performance, rapid scaling. Now we're in the middle of layoffs. Like we're going through it right now. But mm-hmm. like from what's what's that saying? Like from the ashes, like the phoenix arises. Yes. I don't mm-hmm. get too marvelly. But, but that's like how I feel like HR is about to be. Like we just yeah. went through it and I want to yeah. see us come out on the other side even better. So I'm just mm-hmm. excited by the content creators that are out there that are operating in the space of HR that are trying to make companies better for all of yeah. us. Yeah, I love that. I'm excited too. Um, I, all, all the things that you mentioned, especially in terms of like the writer's strike that's happening right now. And I'm just kind of curious, like in terms of, do they even look at best practice? Because for me, like I look at industry standards, so mm-hmm. I don't just think about the writers in the US, but I think about the writers in the UK and in Africa and other parts of the world. And what are their standard practices that movies and TV still goes on in those parts of the world? Yeah. But we seem to be having these challenges here in the US. And I wonder, am I putting my HR hat on, I'm like, could we look at what's happening in the rest of the world and just try yeah. to kind of figure this out and try to make a happy medium for everyone? I also love the solidarity that has been shown by the actors, some of the Same. actors with the writers as well. And one of the people that I, the, I, that I love um, is Gina. I cannot remember her last name. But she's from Nigeria and she's a comedian and she was out there striking with the writers. But she said it took her years before she got the salary that she's getting now. And she was saying a lot of times writers don't even have enough money to pay their mortgages. They don't have enough money for health care or insurance. And I think these things are standards. I'm like, the thing that writers have to deal with these kind of things really is heartbreaking. And I'm just thinking they need HR. Yeah. Could you imagine getting a job offer and it not having insurance? I'd be like, what? I I read the insurance plans. I'm like, these plans are not good enough for me. (laughs) (laughs) Can we add this? Can we add that? Can we take away this clause that this only kicks in here, but that it kicks in right away? Like, yeah. I'm all over those things. So to think that writers are not getting that experience really does break my heart because all of us enjoy really good TV and good movies and at what extent for people who probably are living out of their cars or in really small apartments is, is heartbreaking for me. Yeah. Workplace conditions. I think there's so much we can learn from all the different working Mm -hmm. cultures. I definitely think like Europe has a better relationship with work than Americans do. And I think Mm. the fact that I come back to is like the reason we work five days a week, eight hours a day is because that work day was set during the industrial revolution. Revolution. Yeah. It's been how long since the industrial revolution and we have Mm. not changed how we work. That's it. And and then when I look at like the writers striking for like basic rights and the job protections and the insurance and the pay and the not mm-hmm. to be taken over by AI, I'm like, why why do they have to strike for us to create safe working environments for them? Yeah. That's it's sad. 
It's just sad. And like seeing the rest of the world, like they've done all the studies on the four-day work week and like Mm -hmm. Iceland and Finland and pay equity in Iceland and universal maternity leave. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what's going on? Can we get some rights here? Like, mm-hmm. do we do anything? Like, why do we have to have it? It's just very, it's a very interesting thing to look at how the rest of the world works and how we yeah. work. Yeah. And how our relationship is like kind of unhealthy. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think some of the best countries to look at how they really treat people, the Netherlands, mm-hmm. Denmark absolutely. has great health care. Denmark, yeah. yes. Finland's the happiest. Finland Iceland has the happiest people equity. in the world. Yeah, I got pay equity. I'm pretty sure between men and women. I'm just like, mm-hmm. so it's not impossible, is it's what you're not. telling me. You're just it's telling me we might not want to do the work here. Correct. Or there's too much bureaucracy. We're yeah. letting the bureaucracy get in the way of what really matters, which is the people. Yeah, and if you left it up to HR people, like I feel like we would have better working environments. But what people oh. fail to realize still is like we have to bend to the will of our executives and our founders as well. And that's why we hate it here sometimes. <laughs> Full circle. We can hate it here. <laughs> you are not ready. I'm dead. People are not ready for us today. They're like, these two today together? We're not sure. What's going on here? I feel like we should do a live. A live would be so fun. I cannot be I cannot be held responsible for anything I say when I'm live, Julie. I just have to tell you. Okay. Noted. I'm fully mourned. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'll just say something unhinged. Um, <laughs> it's just at work is like a really fa- – I yeah. feel so dorky sometimes because I'm mm-hmm. fascinated by work yes. and like who we are and how we show up. Mm-hmm. I think it just like makes me a better HR person. But at the same yeah. time, like so much of our life is informed by where we work. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that to be my only identity in life either. No. It and shouldn't define you. Absolutely not. I, I absolutely agree. That were fun. <laughs> That's right. Being the amazing person that you are, working so hard every single day, supporting your people, what do you do to take care of yourself? Oh my God, what a great question. Um, lately, I've been going to a lot of bar classes, which are just like ballet-inspired workouts, small movements, like mm-hmm. very, it's not as intense as like a, a hit class or anything like that. But mm-hmm. I, for me, the reason why I like going to these classes is because at the end, uh, you meditate for like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then they say really nice things to you while you're meditating. Like, okay. be thankful for your body and remember that it carried you through everything. Mm-hmm. And so something that I've been doing lately to try to take care of myself is just say nice things to myself. Yeah. I feel like I'm really hard on myself as just naturally because I want to do better and mm-hmm. solve all the problems for everyone. Mm-hmm. that I forget to tell myself, like, good yeah. job. And so yeah. lately, I've just been trying to say to myself every morning, like, you're doing great. Your body, like, this body is carrying you through this world. I'm mm-hmm. going to say thank you as much as I can. I'm not going to make it feel bad yeah. about the things it cannot do. Right. And I'm just going to try to, like, praise myself more. Positive self-talk is everything. Yeah. I'm not trying to let nobody tell me I'm not my main, oh, my own main character. That's right. I'm because the main character. Exactly. Sorry. Absolutely. That but it's so being written by you and you alone, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's tough though, Julie, because we take care of, right? We take care of all the yeah. employees, and the last person every HR person thinks of to take care of is themselves. Mm-hmm. So I'm it's just true. trying to do it more. I'm trying to be selfish. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not really good at it. I'm practicing. <laughs> Trying. <laughs> For me, selfish is like I wake up in the morning and I, if I don't have a meeting in the morning, I'll like read my book mm-hmm. and I'll be like, wow, oh my God, I'm reading my book like in the morning. <laughs> that's so, a celebration. Yeah. That's yes. rest. Rest is resistance. That book is amazing. Mm-hmm. Rest is resistance. And it talks about how we need rest in our lives. Mm-hmm. And rest is a form of resistance against external factors telling us we have to go, go, go all the time. That's it. It took me a while to really lean into that. But after I went through my bur- my second burnout journey, um, learning to- my therapist highly insisted, intensely, I should say, that I rest. And it- rest was a problem for me. I don't, Same. I come from a family of, and in the Caribbean, it's common for women to be on the go, go, go all the time. You know, like there's always stuff to do. And I grew up with a mother who was like, there's always stuff to do in the house. Yeah. Take down the curtain. You got to change the curtains, clean the windows, polish the furniture, like pull down this kitchen cupboard, put this back up, pull the house down, put it back together. And like, you've got kids to take care of. You've got a husband to take care of. There's always stuff to do. Right. So my mom was always one of those people. Like, I don't know how people find time to be outside because there's just so much to do in the house. But I learned to give myself grace and let the house fall apart sometimes. And it it was very hard for me to do that. Um, And I don't say that in the sense, like I let everything get crazy, but if there are dishes in the sink, like I'm not in a hurry to clear the sink right now. Like I used to be, it's like, there should never be a dish in the sink. (laughs) But to understand and recognize the importance of that, a house is being lived in and you're creating a home. And so people are going to do stuff and it doesn't always have to look perfect. Yeah. Um, and just be able to sit and rest. The first time I took a nap in my entrepreneur journey, it was like, my mind was like, how dare you get up? You've got stuff to do. What are you thinking? Yeah. I can't. Nap. I, when I nap, I sleep for like eight hours. So that's just why I don't. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you this. One of the things that I use that helped me to nap, get get into napping, because yeah. like I said, it wasn't something I did before my entrepreneur journey. The Calm app has mm. an actual nap, a nap piece yeah. that is just for napping. So it's like that. 30 minutes. That thing is golden. Okay. Absolute I'm necessity. To, I'm going to have to nap more. The, yeah. There's nothing like a good siesta. And I, I tell you, and I wonder, that's why the Spanish do it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm what? convinced. Makes that's why, because I find that when I take a nap in the afternoon, let's say if I do it between 2, like one thirty and 2, yeah. um, I can work till 10 o'clock. No wow. problems. And then I can go to bed and I can fall almost right to sleep using the same soundscapes in the Calm app. Thank you, Calm. Thank you, Calm. This, uh, this episode is not brought to you by Calm. It's not brought to you by Calm, but like, Calm, call us. We're ready. <laughs> we are ready, Calm. We are ready. We, we need a good sponsor. I love that. The nap is so beautiful. Like, my parents immigrated to the States in their like early 20s. And so I was like raised as like immigrant family, work really hard, and you can have all your hopes and dreams come true. But like, rest was never discussed, mm-hmm. it was always work hard. Yeah. 
And I think that just made me push myself beyond a lot of times to feeling burnt out, to having Mm -hmm. to take months off, to days where I just can't move because I'm so tired. Yeah. And I just think like if we could all learn that like rest is beautiful, I think we would just be like happier as a society too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I am definitely a happy camper now. I love that. Now? (laughs) Now. (laughs) Like I'm happier now because I've learned a lot of things in my journey, whether it be therapy or, you know, my own inward spiritual development that I've learned the importance of rest, giving myself grace, not being so hard on myself, not taking myself so seriously. <laughs> yeah. Things that, you know, were very hard for me as I grew and developed my HR career. So in this phase of my journey, I'm like, I'm doing all the stuff I love, like creating podcast episodes and writing content and all those kind of things, but also coaching and supporting HR people who are struggling yeah. With the stuff they hate, you know, to you get know. a better perspective of their HR careers. I find that in this this part of my journey is I call it aqueous. I like it. I love that. I'm at the part of my journey where I'm just like, I could can I scream any louder? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get to rest, but I'm like, can I scream really loudly and then get to rest? Yes. I don't know. Get it out. Just get it out. I'm trying to balance the fact that I'm always the person who cares so much about something. I really Mm -hmm. have never learned to not care. I've never been a, I'm a zero, a zero or a 100 kind of person. Yeah. I'm trying to learn the middle ground. It's scary to me, but I'm working on it. Yeah. One day at a time. I know. That's all I could tell you about. One one day at a time for sure in HR world, in HR and startup world. Oh yeah. One day at a time, one thing at a time. My husband always tells me, my mother did not give birth to an octopus, Julie. I can only do one thing at a time. I love that. I have learned. <laughs> I'm sorry. The- I love that. We are not octopuses. We nope. can only do one thing at a time. No matter how much social media has convinced us that we can do 50 things at once, we can only no. really do one. One one thing at a time. Yeah. So I got to ask you the big question, Hiba. Yep. What is the biggest misconception about HR that really bothers you that you want to set the record straight on right here, right now? Oh, wow. Okay. This is such a good question because I have probably so many that I could go down a rabbit hole with. Okay. Biggest misconception is that like HR does not decide everything. As Mm. much as we want to be the people who decide everything, sometimes we don't get to make that decision, even if it's what's best for the people Mm -hmm. and what's best for our team. We don't get to make that decision. I just feel like a lot of people think like, oh, HR just gets to decide everything. Like they're the deciding vote and it's not true. We are very powerful, but Mm -hmm. we also work within a lot of constraints. That's right. That I don't think anyone understands. No. And those constraints are very real sometimes. And we're not allowed to tattle on the people we work with about why we are dealing with those constraints. That's right. All we can say is, Maybe if you were a fly on the wall. Yeah. Or I, I can't tell you about that. So yep. sorry. It's tough. I, I think it's just a huge confirm or deny. Yeah. I cannot confirm nor deny. I love <laughs> saying that phrase too. People I work <laughs> with think it's so funny. When they ask me something and I'm like, I cannot confirm or deny. They're like, literally you say that at least once a week. I'm like, yes, because I can't do either of those things. I don't know. I don't, I think like there's, 
I, the last thing I will say about misconceptions is also that like HR is the, they're the culture cheerleaders mm. or like the culture enablers, but like everybody plays a part in part culture. Here, that's right. It's like, that's the other thing I've been saying a lot recently. Like I can make all these wonderful processes, do all these great things for onboarding, training and development. But like, if y'all are bad leaders or you're nasty to your team, nothing I do is going to fix the culture. Nothing, nothing. We've got to be in this together. Yeah. Right? It's culture like is like, you think about a band, right? A band doesn't sound good because the drummers play well. Yeah. Right? It sounds good because everyone plays well and everyone's playing their part in the band. That's why it's one band, one sound. And that's how that. the organization needs to be. Yep. If we're all but doing our part, we'll have a good culture. I'm going to use that analogy. I really like that one. Like a band. Mm-hmm. It's a really good one. Yeah. yeah. That's my drum line phrase. One band, one song. <laughs> I love drum line so much. How did I know we were going to be best friends after this conversation? <laughs> I'm so pumped. This is great. Oh, with that being said, you have survived your time in the sound booth today. I am so happy that we had this conversation, that you, I was able to get you to, to be here and share your story, share your experiences. Tell our beautiful people who are listening to this episode today where they can find you on social media and where they could go check out your blog. Oh my God, they can find it at, if they Google, I hate it here, Workweek. That's, you can go straight to yep. www.workweek.com slash I hate it here. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn. I love making new friends. Yes. I just, uh, my only goal is to like help other HR people also elevate their voices. Like, this is not a zero sum game. There's room for all of us. That's right. And I just want to highlight everyone's voices. So if you connect with me on LinkedIn, I guarantee you'll have a good time. That's right. We're going to magnify HR voices together. Hell yes. I'm tired yeah. of the media writing about HR and it's right. HR writing getting about it HR. wrong. Hell yeah. Oh my God. Getting it so wrong. So wrong. So wrong. That's, that's my why favorite we're game. Here to set the record straight, Julie. That's my favorite game every week. It's like, what is the media going to say about work this week? That's just so wrong. Mm-hmm. It's a fun game. That's what we can do in our life. Yeah. Oh yes, please. Mm. This is so fun. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. You're welcome back anytime, my friend. <laughs> I won. I did it. <laughs> Thank you for joining me for this episode of HR Sound Off. I hope that you found it useful. You can find this and all of the episodes of HR Sound Off on all major podcast platforms. Spotify, Apple, Amazon, you name it, we're there. Remember, HR Sound Off is created by HR professionals for HR professionals. If you would like to share your story, then reach out to us and let us know. Make sure to hit the notification bell and subscribe to HR Sound Off on YouTube as well as Podbean. And we'll see you again when we next sound off.